Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence, a nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night, and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. So tell us a little bit about your work, and then we're going to digest ourselves into the Ghost Studies book. But uh, give us an overview of what you've been doing, Brandon. Well, um, you know, I uh, I have a degree in parapsychology. Uh, when I was at the University of Edinburgh, I studied... Uh, um, basically, the environmental sensitivity and ghostly encounters. Um, and then when I got back here to the States, I got back into the clinical part of things. And then that's what kind of got me going and, and um, interested in, in writing a book. And that's when I came out with the ghost studies. And, you know, I'm sure the listeners to your show know it's, it's, um, it's no mystery that science has sort of dropped the ball when it comes to explaining ghostly encounters. Uh, oftentimes, mainstream academia will explain these things away as hallucinations, yep. interpretations, or overactive imaginations, which, you know, is not really true in my eyes. So individuals who have these terrifying encounters kind of struggle to find answers, and they're kind of left with reality television shows to provide insight into these life-altering experiences. So, you know, there's millions of people out there, including myself, who are looking for things or books with more than just ghost stories tales of locations or outdated views. Um, and that's when uh, I wrote the book, and I just felt, you know, I combined real-life ghostly encounters with the satisfaction of some new perspectives and insights and the cause of these thrilling encounters. Um, it, the, the book comes up with concise, encompassing theories. And what's great about it is it's based on data rather than faith or belief or even experience. And, you know, you know these ghosts have been piquing our interest for millions of years. And, it's, and I think we're at the point where there's becoming new perspectives on these things, and that's what the book really goes over. You know, there's several firsthand accounts of ghostly encounters. Um, you know, I spent years just getting firsthand accounts, going to anyone who would talk to me about ghosts, yeah. paranormal conventions, everywhere. And then I started noticing similarities, and that's when I came up with some of these new theories. Uh, and that's when I came out with the book. So, you know, I really combined a little bit of my... I took elements from psychological research, clinical interviews, eyewitness accounts, and I sort of pieced them together and come up with this, uh, these new theories and thoughts. And I also reviewed the, right, the, the greatest or the latest research in uh, ghostly encounters in the book. Well, then you bring a dose of real science to the picture here, Brandon, and I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, and I think so, too. I, I mean, the great thing is it's out there. you just got to look a little bit harder. Um, the journal articles, uh, parapsychological journal articles, and even to some degree, you know, um, neuropsychology, uh, physics, um, physics, they're starting to kind of go into that realm of consciousness and um, entanglement and non-locality and how uh, electricity affects us and um, uh, what it does outside the body. So there's a lot of that research out there. It's just you know, I think a lot of people maybe don't know how to find it, or when they do find it and read a research article, it comes like, oh, this is boring, and I don't know what's going on. But um, a lot of great research is out there. It's just a matter of finding it. What have you concluded to date, Brandon, about what this ghostly experience might be for someone? Real? Figment of their imagination? What do you think's happening? 
I actually think um, majority of the ghostly encounters that that are out there, I believe, are there's some paranormal phenomenon happening. Um, you know, I think that when it comes to ghostly encounters, it's such a complex process, and there's so many variables going on. Um, you know, there's environmental stuff, there's um, uh, internal bioelectrical stuff going on, um, but you know, for the most part, these these experiences are genuine. And, um, you know, obviously there's some fraud and there's some misinterpreting and stimuli or whatever, but I think a majority of these experiences are actually, like I said, genuine experiences. And what do you think causes them, Brandon? Why do they happen? Well, I think there's, um, in, my, in my view, I take the more uh, psi-based view on ghosts. So that's, uh, and psi is basically... Um, telepathy, extrasensory perception, those types of things. I, I really think that a lot of ghostly encounters that happen out there, um, the base of it has to do with um, telepathy or um, sort of um, uh, coming in, uh, being real sensitive to the environment and picking up something that's in the environment that other people aren't. My main theories in the book go over um, what I call uh, uh, telepathic distress signals and sort of how they play a role in ghostly encounters. Uh, so I really think that um, people's telepathy uh, is a real uh, is a real important part of a ghostly encounter. How important then is the person as opposed to the event for something like this? Um, I I think that it's um it's kind of a fifty fifty thing, and I know that's kind of a, a weird answer to say there, but. Uh, I think there's so many people out there. I think there's a lot of people out there that are more prone to ghostly encounters. But I also think that the event is sort of the catalyst to everything that's happening. So when I say that, you know, I, I think if we look at a lot of the ghostly encounters that are out there, the catalyst is usually a crisis of some kind, right? Um, a death, uh, mm -hmm. a life-threatening event, uh, some sort of trauma, Something like that is the catalyst to these ghostly encounters. Uh, so the event is an important part of it. It's what happens after that event. Um, and I think when you have the events, when you have this trauma, I think it, it, it sort of, there's a lot of things that happen after that. And one of those things is, um, you know, emotional distress. So you have an event, you have an emotional distress, trauma, life-threatening. You're going to have all these emotions that are associated with it. And then that leads to sort of these bioenergetic shifts that happen inside us. I mean, we're all electricity. And when that happens, I think that it actually triggers sort of our innate ability to send a distress signal to somebody else. And, and a great classic example of this is a, a crisis apparition, all right? So we've probably heard of these. This is when I'm sitting in my room on a random Tuesday night, and I look to the left, and there's a, an apparition of my aunt, and she says, you know, um, I love you, goodbye. And then I get a call the next day saying, you know, my aunt passed away right, right. at the time that I had that. Right. And I, well, and I think that that, you can sort of see there was a trauma, life-threatening event with the, my aunt. She was dying. Uh, and somehow she sent um, a telepathic distress signal saying uh, to me, and I picked up on it, and it showed up as an apparition of some kind. Yet, as you say, some people don't get these experiences. Why not? Well, I, I think it actually comes down to something um, 
pretty mundane. <laughs> I, there's a, a lot of research out there in something called environmental sensitivity. All right, and um, what environmental sensitivity is? It's not like psychic sensitivity. It's not like um, Chip Coffee and Sylvia Brown and and those types of psychic sensitivity where you're mediums and um, you have psychic abilities. But something as simple and concrete as sort of our ability to taste, touch, and smell. And that's what environmental sensitivity is. Um, so those who are, are environmentally sensitive are simply picking up on the environment to a higher degree than the normal population. So if you think about this, as humans, me and you, we both experience the world differently. We're both affected by and react to the environment in different ways. But the physical environment affects certain people more than others. And this leads to all kinds of conditions and dysfunctions. Um, there's a researcher out there, Michael Jower, who categorized these environmentally sensitive people. Um, and what he found was people who are environmentally sensitive have, you know, long-standing allergies, chronic pain, fatigue, migraines, fibromyalgia, and just an overt sensitivity to light, sound, mm -hmm. electricity, and smells, more than maybe me and you do. So I could walk into a room and be fine. Other people could walk into the same room and they smell cologne from all over the place. They yeah. start getting rashes. <laughs> so these environmentally sensitive people actually have way, way, way more paranormal experiences than the general population. Um, there's those, the high, it's a really high number. And what the thought is, is these environmentally sensitive people are picking up on whether it's external magnetic fields more than the general population. In other words, they have a better antenna or biological radio in the electromagnetic spectrum than other people. So we all, are, we all have radios with basic equipment to tune into things. But some people have really, really, really redefined or sensitive radios, uh, and they're picking up on things in the, and detecting things in the environment that normal people don't pick up or the general population doesn't. So this ability to truly experience paranormal phenomenon it's, it's more likely to be detected or registered among this group. And I think that's a fascinating thing. So we have environmental sensitivity, which there's a lot of research suggesting, obviously, it's viable and it's real. I think in Canada, you can be on disability for certain types of environmental sensitivity. So there's science behind it. And then there's also science saying, these people are having way more ghostly encounters. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of where we go a little further into that. Do some of these people, Brandon, realize how sensitive they are to picking up these things? I mean, do they know they get it? I, I think they do. And when I went out there and I, my research was done, I, had, I talked to a lot of people who are environmentally sensitive. And what you find is, you know, not only are, do they pick up on things or have way more paranormal experiences, but it's genetic. So their mom did too, or their dad, and then their grandma, and so forth and so on. So this is something kind of like most, you know, genetic diseases or, or whatnot that's kind of passed down from generation. And listen, they know they're sensitive to the environment um, just by walking into places. Some people, you know, like I said, get rashes. Um, they can't um, be under neon lights. Some people are almost allergic to electricity. Uh, so these types of people just experience a different world. And, and believe me, they know it affects them probably more negatively than it does positively. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.